God, I pray that we would be open to how you are speaking to us, whether that be through a workshop, whether that be through um, traveling, whether that be through interactions with group members, whether it be interactions with people that maybe we don't want to talk to, or maybe that we don't like talking to that much. God, I pray that you would continue to grow us closer in the walk with your son so that we can be more and more like him. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, does everybody have their journals? Can you holding them up for me? Yep. Beautiful. Okay. You're going to be using your journals a lot tonight during this speaking. So we're going to take some time in between me talking because that gets kind of boring after a while. And we're going to just take time. You guys are going to be journaling throughout this. So make sure that you have that ready. Okay? So this is your verse for the week. This is boot camp's theme. This is 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one look down on you for your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. So you guys want to take a minute, you guys can write that down. So the big idea, the big highlight that we're taking away from this for this week is your age doesn't have to hold you back from the beginning of who God wants you to be and what he wants you to do. Um, God plan, God's plan for you starts right now. It is the big thing that we want you guys to take away from this. Um, so when you guys hear the idea of God's plan starts for you right now, who here is like scared of that, that phrase? I want you guys, because this, the phrase, God plans for you start right now, can seem really scary. It can be petrifying for some people in their faith, and they have no idea what that means or what to do with that. And so I want you guys to write down how you feel when you hear, the plan, when you hear that phrase. And then a follow-up question, so if you finish that question early before the time's up, what fears come up when you begin to think about God's plan for you? When I heard this, this phrase that God plans start for you right now, I was freaked out by this. Because thinking about the idea of God's plan starts for you, and you hear all of these stories throughout the Bible of people that, like Abraham and God came to him and said, I want you to, like, to go to this land and I'm going to bless you. And I'm like, I haven't heard God's voice in my life. How am, I, how am I supposed to know like, when his plan starts for me? I had Bieber fever when I was in high school, and I wanted to be a rock star, because the only thing that I was good at was playing the guitar. And I said, I don't want algebra, I don't want geometry, I don't need any of this. I just need to be a rock star. And so I kind of threw everything else aside. And... Um, and my freshman year, so that's the photo here on the side, on, this, on the left. Um, I was in cultural studies. And we got to a portion where we were talking about different religions. And we got to Christianity. And so I was a kid in class that always raised my hand because if you answer all of the easy questions, the teacher won't call on you for the hard questions because you've already raised your hand. They want to like, kind of spread it out. So, that's what I always did. But when we were answering questions, Christianity came really easy to me. And it didn't come up till later that maybe this, is, maybe this is God's calling for my life. Maybe this is his plan for me. Okay, so I want you guys to take some time to write down what you want to do when you grow up. 
Or if you don't know what you want to do when you grow up, what are some things that you like to do slash want to try right now? And then if you, if you finish that early, what, what do you want to do right now? What's something that you've always like kind of had in the back of your mind? You're like, man, I would really, really like to try this. So we're going to give you a couple minutes to, to kind of jot that down. It's just coming to the end of my high school career, and everybody's kind of like applied to colleges, and they've gotten their scholarships for school and whatnot, and I still didn't have a plan. And I kind of had like a lot of excuses and said like, oh, I'm going to this school, or I think I'm going to go to this school. And I got, uh, I got Panera with a girl that I knew from high school, and she saw through all of that. She saw through all the lies and all the excuses that I had about me going to college. And she was like, you know what I think you should do? I think that you should take a gap year and you should work for six months and raise support and money. And then you should go to Africa and serve and help people over there. I think that'd be really cool because I don't think you know what you want to do right now. And like for me, like for me being who I am and then for like being a guy and like a girl figuring you out, you're like, it was like kind of painful. So I was talking to this, this missions coach and he said, well, is there anywhere that you want to go specifically? And that girl told me Africa, but I was like, no, let's just kind of leave it open. Let's just see what happens. And I said, well, I'm, from, I'm coming out of high school, so I don't have like a lot of money. And he said, well, because you're like not a major or like a media major, you don't really have something. Uh, how would you feel about South Central China? And I was like, well, what language do they speak in South Central China? And he was like, they speak Mandarin. And I was like, no way. No way. So that was God just kind of like wooing me and calling me to go to China. So when I got to China, I had been under the impression that God is kind of like a, a dysfunctional father. So, and I've used this analogy before on Wednesday nights as a coach, but so it's... Being a dysfunctional father, he's sort of like, okay, so now we're going to eat dinner, and you're going to eat the green beans first, and then the corn next, and then you're going to eat the meat last, and then we're going to talk about politics, and then we're going to talk about you cleaning your room, and then we're going to talk about how we're going to lower your allowance, and then you're going to go to bed. You're going to put your PJs on, you're going to get your teeth brushed, and then you're going to go to bed. And I think that, and I was starting to realize that um, a relationship with God is kind of like you and God get to, get to lay out a sheet of butcher paper and you get to draw whatever you want with him. And so when I was in China, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. And I was like, I'm waiting for God to just come in and just wreck my life. And he's going to come in and he's going to make me suffer and then I'm going to be closer to him because that was the only way that I experienced God before. But in the reality... Um, God wants you to enjoy the dreams and desires that you have for your life. He wants to pursue that girl with you. He wants to do that sport with you. He, he wants to come alongside and draw with you. You guys can do whatever you want. And when people figure this out, when people figure out that they can do whatever they want with God, they can change the world. And so, so if you say to me, Hank... Like, what if I don't want to go to China? What if I don't want to do missions? But, like, I'm still in high school. So I had a picture of a friend. Her name's Katie Knox. Um, she, oh, so that's, that's me in China. Next slide. 
So this is me doing hiking and soccer in China, which are my desires. And so I got to develop a hiking map and teach students how to play soccer. So this is Katie Knox, and she heard about my story because um, she went on a mission trip with me to Ecuador a couple of years ago. And so she took a gap year and went to Iceland. But she had already graduated. So Hank, like, do I have to graduate high school? So next slide. This is Elliot Barbel. He also went on the mission trip to Ecuador, and he is now spending his junior to senior summer serving in Ecuador at a outdoor sports camp. So he gets to like work with high ropes. He gets to lead different trips that are going through. So like our church came through, and he got to be alongside them and guide their their trip while they're there. Um, you can hit the next slide. So. What if I'm still in middle school or what if I'm like just early high school and my parents won't let me travel across the world? So this is Ellen Wildman. This is another girl that I grew up going to church with. And this is her fundraiser for our Lazarus house or our homeless shelter. And so she decided that she was going to start having a garage sale when she was in the third grade. And she was going to raise money and donate all of it to homeless shelter. And she started this so when she was eight. So for you to like, for, I'm saying it for me because I always made up excuses in high school. So there's, if this girl can do it in third grade, you guys can do it too. You guys can do anything. And I don't want you to be held back by any fear. So one reason why I said that I wanted you guys to write down some things that you wanted to do rather than be, I know that was weird with grammar, but sometimes um, we find our identity in the things that we do. So this happened to, to me recently. Um, so I was a student at Olivet. I was taking 18 credit hours this last year. I was an RA and I was a coach. And then I graduated from college, and now I don't have a job. And so that, that's kind of awkward, right? And you have conversations with people, and you're unemployed. And you went and you went and you got this degree, and now you don't have a job. And I was crushed by this, because I let what I was doing become my identity. So that could look like, you know, I, I, I'm a soccer player, or I am a dancer, or I am in, you know, like debate club, or something at school. You're involved with something. And like for me, I'm a husband, and I'm a brother, and I'm a son. And although those things make up who I am, if you remove each of those connections, if you remove each of those relationships, what do I have? If I say, like, I am a soccer player and I find my identity in that and God removes that, what else do I have? Your identity is fully realized when you draw from the source. So I'm going to tell you guys a story while you kind of write that down. So this is um, right after Jesus has told the parable of the Good Samaritan. So as Jesus uh, and his disciples were traveling to Jerusalem, uh, they stopped in a village and were invited in to eat with a woman named Martha. Now, Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus, and she listened to every single word that he said. Um, Martha came back into the room, 
And she distracted them, and she said, Lord, why have you, can't you see that my sister has left me to do all the serving in the kitchen by myself? Tell her to come and help me. And so Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you worry about a lot of things, but only one is necessary. And your sister has chosen that one thing, and it will never be taken from her. And so that, that story in Luke 10, 38 through 42 is that we can be distracted by lots of things. So I was distracted by being a student and I was distracted by being an RA and doing soccer and all these different things. But the one thing that's necessary is the next slide, which is our time alone with God. So your talk time. So pause. And I want you guys to think about this because talk time is so important for you. It's where you draw from the source. And so what, what has been the easiest way for you or for me to, to connect with God? So I want you guys to just take a little bit and, and write down what's the easiest way. So is that through worship alone? Is that through reading his word? Is that through just talking to him out loud? So what, what does that look like for you? One really important thing about talk time, it's okay if you don't have it figured out right now. If you don't know what your niche is, what, what you love to do. Um, if you guys find yourself like very frustrated that like you just God hasn't spoken to me or God hasn't revealed himself to me I would encourage you guys to tell him that write that down in your journals like God I just don't feel you when when I enter into this when I go into worship or when I'm reading your word I'm trying so hard and I can't I can't feel you so God um, so I would just encourage you guys to 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 talk to him about that and to, to talk to a coach about that. Because we want to walk through with you in that, in that scenario. So this is a verse, 1 Timothy 4.12, so let no one look down on you for your usefulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. So the next slide. So some context. Um, we know, even though um, we know that Paul was talking to Timothy in this letter, uh, and he was likely in his mid to late 20s, which is incredible that Timothy is traveling to all these different villages, to all these different churches, and he is instilling them the wisdom of Christ. And he's speaking truth to them. And he's encountering people that are, that are saying, no, we believe the truth is this. And so Timothy is encountering a lot of really dangerous situations. But Paul has no doubt in Timothy's potential when he's writing this letter to him. And he believes that he can be an example. And the, the, an example is kind of like a model or a pattern or, or a rhythm. Um, and there, there are parts to being an example. If, let's say, Micah asks you, okay, I really want you tonight to, to play the drums. I want you to be a But I'm only going to give you the snare drum. It would seem kind of incomplete. It would seem like it was lacking color. And so if we go to the next slide, where you have a full drum kit, when you have this full piece, you, you add 
color to the rhythms. You had, you had all of these different aspects and angles to that rhythm. So if you go to the next slide, if a person, so like the, fruit, the fruits of the spirit, just has joy or love, they're kind of incomplete as a person, as a follower of Christ, as an example of Christ. We need to have self-control, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. In the same way with the triune nature of God. You have the Father, you have the Son, you have the Holy Spirit. But if one of those was missing, it wouldn't have the depth, it wouldn't have the color of the example. And then, so like this mosaic piece. If I told you you could only use the white colors, that'd be a really boring mosaic piece. You wouldn't see the dolphin. And so in the same way, if we keep going, all of these pieces, so speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, are all adding color to the rhythm of being an example of those who believe. So, the next slide. So for speech... A good example of speech in the Bible is Colossians 4.6. So let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And so uh, a story that could kind of go along with this is with Jesus and the woman at the well and how she is just constantly propelling questions at him. And, and Jesus is kind of like sidestepping each of the each of the interrogations that she has and so guys I'm going to have to keep going and I know that some of you might be upset but if you get the Bible verse down now and then you can look it up later and write the rest down so so conduct so Proverbs 20.11 even a child makes himself known by his acts by whether his conduct is pure and upright and so uh, a couple scenarios when we see conduct is in Genesis 39, which is when Joseph uh, is working for Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife is like, come lay with me while Potiphar's not here. And Joseph upholds the conduct that he was taught in his household and ran away, which is really cool. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Uh, love. So Matthew twenty two thirty six through 40 is a really good example of love. So you must love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then the other, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that the, one of the, the greatest aspects of love that, that we can have for each other is, is sacrifice. And, and I think that this is purely and clearly seen in the, the love that Christ had for us when he died on the cross for our sins. So you can go to the next slide. So faith. So faith can be found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the, the conviction of things not seen. And so an, an example uh, of faith in scripture would be Genesis 22, when, when God encounters Abraham and he says, you know, I want you to take your wife and all that you have and I want you to, to go to the land that I've promised for you and I'm going to make you a great nation. And even though Abraham had a good, he was like, okay, whatever you say, God. And, and he, he, um, he knew that in the, he had faith in the assurance of the things that were hoped for. So the next slide. Uh, so purity. 
can be found in 1 Corinthians 1.30. For God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be the wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. And so, purity... Um, when we think of purity and we think of Jesus and him having a pure life, we think of like an unblemished, a very white and shining and like very glossy haired Jesus. And I think that the pure image of Christ is maybe a little bit dirtier, is maybe a little bit grittier, it's maybe a little bit bloodier, and it's his death on the cross. Because he lived this whole life and he, he withheld all five of these pieces. And then he, he died for us. And that's where we are all made pure. Was when he took all of that in. Um, so, um, these are some questions. So, the next slide. That I want you guys to be thinking about as you head into your small groups. So, out of the five that we saw earlier. So, um, and those were conduct. Faith, love, purity, and a missing one, and speech. Out of those, um, which one do you struggle with the most? And which one is the easiest for you to lean into? And the second question is, how does God reveal, reveal himself to me in talk time? And then the last question is, in what way is God trying to impact the world through me? So how, how, how is he playing on your desires? How is he playing on your dreams and your goals? So um, I'm going to pray for us. And then I think that we're going to head into our small groups. Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, um, you know, technical malfunctions. Those are great. Um, we thank you so much for beautifully and wonderfully making us unique in each of our own ways. And I pray that although there might be a lot of fear, there might be a lot of doubt and conflict in pursuing the, the, the things that are on our hearts, God, I pray that I pray that your pure and perfect love would push those fears away. I pray that we would take those to you and that we would lay those at the feet of Christ because we know that he has conquered all of those. Um, we love you. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.